This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. It's You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. Sean Morash in for Nick Costos, along with Ken Barkley. It's NBA Draft Eve. Still some trade stuff happening. Porzingis just moved to Boston. And right now, NBA writer for the Action Network, host of the Locked On NBA podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at HP Basketball. Friend of the show, Matt Moore, joins us now. Matt, happy NBA Draft Eve, man. Thanks for joining us again. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Congrats on your new job, too. Wow, I appreciate every, it. Everybody listens, Sean. Everybody's in. Everybody's, like, really in yeah. on this. This is good. Matt, it's funny. We had Rick and Matt today. They both, like, are, like, big fans of the show, which yeah. we really appreciate. Um, and, yeah. and come on with I'm us, like, to, all I the time. Fi- yeah, 57 people I haven't talked to in 20 years since high school have texted me over the last day. Well, there you so go. That's fun, too. Because but it's a that, big day. Yeah, your, your words mean a lot more than some of them. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> but on that note uh, – Host superstar, you know? So. Yeah. While I might be moving networks, Chris Tapps Porzingis is moving teams again. How about that for a segue? Uh, mm. Big deal, little deal, no deal for the Celtics to get Porzingis, but give up Brogdon here. Uh, I think it's a big deal. I wouldn't say it's like some sort of reshaping of the landscape. You know, I wouldn't put the Celtics back at the top of uh, the list for NBA favorite like they were last summer. I think – uh, it does address some of their needs. They still keep trying to find ways to fix the offense, where the offense, as we've seen in the playoffs, just kind of melts down into this pile of like this puddle of ice cream sometimes, and it's a real mess for them. Um, and so they keep trying to find ways to fix it. And they try to Brogdon, but he can only play so many guards, and Brogdon has injury issues, which Porzingis does too. But Porzingis at least gives them a pick and roll weapon as a big who can screen and roll and pop and do these types of things. So there's like a number of ways that you can use Porzingis that they've honestly needed where Robert Williams, you know, also an injury risk and like just isn't necessarily as dynamic versus Porzingis is exceptionally. So Um, he was really good last year. I've always been kind of a Porzingis skeptic. 
since the, the, the unicorn talk days, but he was legitimately pretty great last year. Played 65 games, uh, pops out really well in all the advanced metrics, and when you watch him, you just kind of got a sense that he was uh, a much better player than he has been in the past. So he's evolving into a real weapon. The injuries are an issue, but the injuries are issues with Brogdon too, so I don't know that you gave up much there. It's going to be a continuing issue. I do think it helps if they implement more pick-and-roll steady diet actions into their offense that can help them. So ultimately I think this is probably a, a an upgrade for Boston, not a major one, but a step in the right direction for a team that's been pretty close anyway. Matt, this is obviously like just the next domino, right? We had Bradley Beal get traded to Phoenix. That that was a pretty big deal. Chris Paul, we'll see where we'll see kind of where he plays next. Uh now we have this Porzingis Brogdon swap. What what do you think the next domino to fall here is? We've heard like a lot of rumbling about Zion. We've heard a lot of rumbling about Damian Lillard, you know, James Harden, where he's going to play. There's a, a dog Twitter account that tweeted Jalen Brown in a sign-in trade. Like there's a lot of rumors flying here. Like what do you think the next kind of big name is that we'll, that we'll see move teams? Yeah, I mean, everything comes down to tomorrow night, at number three pick. Um, if that gets moved, it's likely for Zion Williamson. You know, Paul George aired the picture last night, the report from the Hall of Famer Mark Stein. Um, I still think Zion Williamson is the most likely place for them to, to pull off a trade. But that also gets into <laughs> there's a number of sequential dominoes here. Uh, if the market's wrong and Adrian Wojnarowski uh, who had trouble last year, but is always rock solid. It's Woj. I mean, Woj is Woj. But if that report's not accurate, that Brandon Miller is going to, and Scoot Henderson goes to, chaos breaks out. And now you have a number of situations that could get really messy uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. If they are unable to do anything but just take Scoot Henderson or another player, um, I'm not going to say that it's a definite that Damian Lillard a- asks out. But it's going to get messy. The Blazers are banking that he won't make things uncomfortable for them. Like they are very much built on a position of Damian Lillard is not going to extract a trade demand out of us. If he if they're wrong on that, then it's him. So those are things are the moves that are in play. I still think we have some more major moves on the horizon. I mean, even the mention of Paul George indicates a change in direction for the Clippers. We'll see what happens, but. I think there's more surprises coming down the pipeline, but I would say Damian Lillard is the next big name I expect to be at least in serious consideration on Friday. Matt, are you mildly surprised at how much Zion Williamson's name has been tossed around from the standpoint of like even a high asset, like the third overall pick to have that kind of asset be potentially dangled for a guy who frankly has now battled these weight issues and injury issues for the better part of his career it almost feels insane to me that he's still worth that high a value to another team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm not surprised just because he's so impactful when he does play and he's still so young, right? Like if he does work, cause there is a perception I think around the league that his issues are not built on just injury that some of it has to do with off season training, right? That if he gets himself in shape and he corrects some of his attitude issues, that there's going to be like a real upside for him to be an elite player because he has been dominant when he's been on the court. Like the Pelicans were the number one seed back in December, but like they had taken control of the Western Conference and looked like a real threat, and then everything unraveled. So for them, I think that um, there's definitely some components here uh, for the Pelicans of, look, we know he's a really valuable asset. And the athletic report this week that they still think it's unlikely that he gets traded. But a lot of this has to do with not just, I think, the off-court training, but also attitude. He's just—he's always been kind of a guy that malcontent's a little strong, 
But that's a word that I've heard bandied about, not just with the Pelicans, but going back to Duke in high school. It's just kind of how he is. He's just always kind of unhappy with things. And I think that that's created fatigue within the Pelicans, which is a reason why they're looking to move on. But if you're a team like the, like, like the Blazers and you have this number three pick and Dame is demanding that you get an immediate upgrade and there are no better options, then guess what? Zion Williamson may be the best you can get and you swing for the fence on that in an attempt to try and keep Damian Lillard, who's been your, the best player in franchise history for you. Matt, I, I asked Rick Camp this question last hour, but I'll ask it to you too, just because, you know, like we, we talk on the show a lot about, and I know you do as well, and you think about this stuff, like the big picture of the league and who the best guys are and like who can actually win the NBA title. Is there a player that the Portland Trailblazers could pair with Damian Lillard that would make you kind of excited to bet on them, to think they have a chance to make a deep playoff run? Like if it's Zion or Paul George or Bam Adebayo uh, or like someone else I'm not thinking about right now, like, is there, is there a player out there where it's like, well, that guy and Dame now, maybe I'm at least like a little bit interested. Hmm. Um, see, for me, it's more about like, they really should just try and package some multiple pieces. Like, if they just belt, like, a, a team that was more versatile and better defensively around him, I think you could probably get there. I mean, like, Bam out of bio is perfect. It's not going to happen. Like, 0% chance of that happening. That was a revenge leak that, that came out. That was just, hey, Miami, why don't you stop talking constantly about how you're going to trade for Damian Lillard because we're tired of it. That's all that leak was. Um, Draymond Green is another one that I would at least be interested in. I know Draymond's getting up there in age, but he does a lot of what Dame needs. Create space for him, can switch defensively, can play at the level – um, high-level passer will make things easier on Dame. All those types of components. Like Draymond's a guy that I would be that I would at least be interested in. Um, he's not a mega superstar in terms of putting up points, but that's a guy that knows how to win. And that's what Dame needs is he needs guys that are actually impactful. Like Dame can do the scoring stuff. Dame can do all the efficiency stuff. Dame can be the best player on a championship team. He needs guys that can do all the rest of the stuff. And the Blazers have never put that around him. They got to solve those problems first. Um, the only other component I can kind of think of is like, you know, is, I've mentioned this on the show before, but it's Joel Embiid, which again, no indications that he's going to get traded. All indica- like stronger indications he's going that James Harden's going back to Philly, going to run it back. Uh, but I do think that it would take somebody like that, based off of you have to make up for Dame's deficiencies. And if you're going to get one guy, he's going to be awesome on both ends of the floor, and those are hard to find in the league. Matt, on the draft front, obviously, Victor Wembanyama, this has been a whole year lead up to him being drafted number one overall. And we've talked about the potential of Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson between those two and three spots. Realistically, from a league point of view, as much as Wembanyama is overshadowing this, what do you think NBA teams view both Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller as? Are they going to be guys that we think of as true superstars or more secondary stars to, you know, the Batmans on whatever teams they eventually build up on. There's a handful of teams that legitimately think that Scoot Henderson can be a future MVP candidate. Like the, the, the guys that like him, love him. He went through a little bit of a dip when early in the draft process, when they were looking at his shooting and everything else, but when, when they started to get him in for workouts, they were really blown away by the athleticism, the skill combination, his ability to just get to the rim, those types of things. And there are, you know, you, you can have opinions on whether those things are accurate or not, but that's what the league perception is. Um, I actually, to be perfectly honest with you, I've talked to more people that think Amon Thompson has a better shot of being that level than Brandon Miller. But this is one of the reasons why, um, look, I, I don't tend to do, like, I don't do the scouting side of draft work. I rely on Intel uh, and then I'll, I'll see what, what they look like when they get in the league. 
I will just say it does seem very concerning if I was a Charlotte fan that they are going to pass up on the guy that everyone is trying to actively trade up to get. Uh, and another guy who I think most teams are, would be at least interested in trading up to get, an Amon Thompson, I'm going to take Brandon Miller. It's not that people think Brandon Miller is going to be a bust. They're just like, yeah, he'll be good. He's going to be really good. He'll be a really good player. But the difference between that and what Scoot Henderson and Alvin Thompson talked about, if we look at the averages, the floor for Brandon Miller might be higher than Scoot Henderson's or Alvin Thompson's. But the ceiling for those two guys is way beyond what the consensus I've heard is for Brandon Miller. Floor, ceiling, and uh, and Michael Jordan. Like, what could possibly go wrong with those three things, right? That's a, uh, Brandon Miller is the the favorite, Matt, as you mentioned, to be the second overall pick. Woj, you know, kind of broke the story on television last night. Like, he's really hearing that, like, a strong connection between Brandon Miller and the number two overall pick to Charlotte. You've referenced this already. You think, like, if, you know, maybe if that happens, like, all hell breaks loose or there's a certain order this can go. Okay, let's say Woj is right, and let's say Brandon Miller goes second. Is Scoot Henderson definitely the third pick in that situation? And then who would go fourth in that situation? Play out the next two for us, assuming that Woj is correct that Miller goes second. Scoot's a lock at three if he doesn't go second. I would say that. Um, I would say there's no way that Scoot, that, that Scoot slides past three. As much as I, I will say I heard that Portland's very much like the Alvin Thompson workout, that they very much were high on that. But I have a hard time believing – that, that they would pass on Scoot or that they would reject a trade because the team's trading out. They're, they're trading up to get Scoot Henderson before Almond Thompson, I think. Um, what's interesting is that I think it's more likely, if you, if you tell me the scenarios and you told me to rank them in possibility, I would say it's more likely that Brandon Miller gets passed for Almond Thompson at three if Scoot goes two than it is for Scoot to not go three if Miller goes, goes two. So that opens up some chaos. Now, again, look <laughs> – the, the word has been out there that Brandon Miller is going to. That continues to be the conversation. From what I understand, most of that's coming from Miller's camp. Um, I heard this morning that Charlotte still has been telling teams, hasn't made up his mind. Now, they may be saying that, and they may have actually just decided it's Miller, right? And, again, Woj has, like, a history of being absolutely dead on with these things. But in gambling, we deal with uncertainties, Right, we try and find opportunities for uncertainties, and I think that there's a little bit of an uncertainty there that maybe is not in line with the odds of it out, of, it, of it happening. Um, I I think that Miller should be the favorite here based off of the reporting, based off of the consensus. I am a little skeptical of where it's coming from, how strong it is, and how definitive it is, given the talent that's on the board in that spot. Matt, about a minute or so left to play with here whether it be via trade, either buy or sell, or some kind of shakeup on the draft board. We have to play prediction game right now. Which team do you think we have the potential to be most surprised with tomorrow night? Mm, um, hmm. Okay, uh, I'll say the Atlanta Hawks is the team I will go with. Uh, Atlanta has been absolutely burning up the phones trying to find deals for their guys. Uh, they want to play A.J. Griffin more, so DeAndre Hunter's on the board. Uh, they want to play Onyeko Kongwu more, so Clint Capella is on the board. They're willing to trade their pick in the mid-teens. Um, they are open to at least discussing John Collins and have bandied that about. So I think the, the biggest move could probably be made by the Atlanta Hawks. I will also say that they fielded multiple offers for DeJounte Murray. That might surprise some people, but there's been like a lot of conversation about DeJounte Murray in, uh, in terms of a possible trade. Matt, uh, like 15 seconds to go here. 
a bet that's outside the top three or four that you feel really confident in, guy going over or under his draft position in about 15, 20 seconds? Jarris Walker under six and a half is on the board. I like that a lot. I continue to feel that there's a very good chance that he winds up in Detroit. They like Oscar Thompson as well, so there's a chance that he goes there. But I think that, that Jarris Walker, more than Cam Whitmore, who has slid considerably, that Jarris Walker winds up going top six. Matt Moore, the host of the Locked On NBA podcast at HB Basketball on Twitter. Matt, thanks so much for your time again this evening. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. This evening, this afternoon, who knows what time it is. But either way, yeah. interesting stuff there. And how about Thompson, his Brandon Miller stuff? The Thompson, Thompson. higher ceiling. Uh, <laughs> I was just uh, Ernest Johnson, Ernest Thompson. The uh, yeah. the. The, th- the third pick, fourth pick, so, like, Matt, I think, did a really good job of explaining that. Basically, the idea the idea is basically, like, Charlotte might be stupid. Like, everyone wants Scoot. Yeah. Everyone wants Scoot. And if Scoot, like, everyone's trying to trade up to get him. And if they take Scoot and they do, like, they take the guy everybody wants and Miller slides, people still, like, what does it tell you that people may not even take Miller third and you want to take him second? Like, what does that yeah. tell you? <laughs> like, Boy, meanwhile, everyone's Charlotte dying Hornets. to take Scoot Henderson. I think that's really interesting. Charlotte Hornets being poorly run. Shocker. Jeopardy time next. So you better be bet. Presented by BetMGM.